Hi there and welcome to Journey to the Good Stuff with me, Kelly Clark. And today we have got an amazing episode ahead of you. Today joining me on Journey to the Good Stuff is an amazing high performance mindset coach, Mr. Rob Blackburn. Now Rob is one of the founders of Astro Tough, which combines fun and fitness in a group setting. He's also the founding host of the fantastic podcast, The Footballer's Mindset, which combines all of Rob's expertise into one accessible outlet, which is full of hints and tips so that you can cultivate a high performance mindset for yourself. So Rob is also very outspoken when it comes to the issues around mindset and how the duality of mindset and the importance of tempering the right kinds of mindset and being able to reframe your mind in order for it to work effectively for you. So let's get into it, Rob, and let's see if we can continue to use some of these ideas to journey to our good stuff. Right, so thank you so much, Rob, for joining me today on Journey to the Good Stuff. Um, I've been listening to your podcast. You've got an amazing podcast called The Footballer's Mindset. Thank you. Um, I first was introduced to you um, because I saw a friend I went to school with on your podcast, Lee Trundle, um, who was having absolutely none of it when it comes to mindset and stuff. So I'm going to be having a chat with him in the future. But one of the one of the ones that really stood out for me, and it's one that kind of gains a little bit of um, sort of focus from 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 external sources like sky news and stuff like that sky sports news and stuff was the one that you did with lee nicole about um she was a victim of like revenge porn essentially wasn't she and um yeah it was amazing i loved the way you held space for her and gave her the chance to share the story it was really really quite powerful quite a powerful listen um so yeah i urge anyone to especially anyone who's been a victim of something like that or you know you know it would be a really good listen to kind of how she's kind of handled that whole situation and turned it around and stuff. So it was really good listen. So check that one out, the Lee Nicole one on um, the footballer's mindset. But I wanted to ask you, Rob, um, we've had convos about uh, mindset and stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, because, you know, you're obviously you do a lot of work with footballers. You work with a lot yeah. of professional footballers and, and you can tell us like a little bit about what you what you kind of do in terms of supporting them. But the first thing I kind of wanted to ask you was like, what is the difference between a footballer's mindset and the average person's mindset? Like, how do they differ? Not much. Really? Honest. Yeah, not much. You have to think of much. So you have to think of what mindset is. So the first question I always ask is to people, what's your definition of mindset? And everyone has a different answer. So if I yeah. asked you, what, what does mindset mean? For me, I guess it's kind of the way that you think and the way that you approach things. For me, I'd guess the kind of yeah. what, what kind of maybe drives you forward and, and what how you look at stuff, what perspective you have on. Yeah, 100%. So like... I always say you've got different, you haven't got one mindset. You've got loads of different mindsets and you've got loads of different mindsets about different things. So your mindset, if you think about it, and this is the best way that I've heard it be described is your belief and assumptions that your behavior conforms towards. So whatever you believe to be true and what you're assumed to be true, your behavior will drive towards that. You believe in God, right? Mm -hmm. Your behavior will, you'll go to church. You'll do this. You believe you're not good enough. Yeah. You, you won't put yourself out for certain things. If you believe you're lucky, you'll look for more opportunities. If you don't believe you're lucky, you'll miss the opportunities. Your mindset is what you believe to be true. So what is a footballer's mindset? It's, it's all about their beliefs and assumptions. So if you think of footballers, 
when they first come to me, what they struggle with, they think it's confidence, but it's not really. It's their perceptions. They have belief, their belief systems are skewed. So they believe, again, like footballers, if you think of confidence, right? Confidence is a mindset problem. It's a belief problem. Mm. Skill sets changes, stays the same the whole time. What happens is their belief system changes. Okay. So your belief system check, that's all it is. Your skill set is your, your, stays the same. Your belief system changes. Your, your, your perceptions changes. So like you might have something happen. You make a few mistakes, mistakes and you go like, well, I'm not very good. Or the manager doesn't like, the one I hear is like, the manager doesn't like me. Manager doesn't like me. I'm not going to get a move. What am I going to do at the end of my career? And people see footballers as, again, it's a skewed, we're going to talk about the word perception a lot. Like we talked about it before, but it's the perception of footballers. People are like, what have they got to worry about? Well, what footballers got to worry about? They're on loads of money. They're getting adored. But what people don't see in the background is like, we have a day at work. Most people have a day at work. You have a shitty day. You go home. You might have a few drinks. But if you're a professional footballer, especially at the highest standard, you'll have a thousand people message you on Twitter telling you to your shit, telling you to kill yourself. Yeah. You go out, for, you might go out for a drink and you've got people saying you've ruined their weekend and they want to start a fight with you. And then you've yeah. got the camera shoved in their face. Yeah. It, it's not as easy as people say, like think it is. They have the perception that footballers have got it made when the reality is they're really struggling because footballers, again, they see talking or being vulnerable as a weakness. Yeah. Uh, communication isn't great. They're, they're, from an early age, they brought up for a football as a footballer, as a footballer, as 30, and they get to the near 30 and then their career is nearly finished. Whereas mm. most people's only just beginning and footballer, what footballers do is they, if you think about it, they live their life backwards. 18, 19, 20, they earn a, a load of money, but as they get older, get to 35, they're retired, where most people, 18, as of life, 19, 20, life hasn't really started. By the time you get to 35, you're coming into the prime of your career where they've literally, they're done. Yeah. They're finished. So as they get to 27, 28, they're like, where's my next money coming from? And then to add on to that, some players that I know, like I, obviously, as you know, I'm moving to Liverpool very soon, massively excited, but it's stressful. Some players might have six moves in a season. They've got to uproot their kids, go yeah, to sure. a different city, get them in a school. Next thing you know, they're like, well, you've been, you've been sold. Now you've got to go to here. Or they stay in the same place and then they're driving six hours a day in the car and they're only left alone with their thoughts. And people don't see that. So what's a footballer's mindset? It's the same as everyone else's, but a lot of the time it's on a higher level. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Because I think <laughs> people, no, people have this perception, don't they? They're like, you know, certain footballers are like just super successful, aren't they? So they must have a really kind of massively. I think that like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like into football in any way, shape, or form. Not like like you know, Jen's a massive fan and stuff, isn't she? Jenny, your partner, mm-hmm. who was on my first um, couple of podcasts, actually, Jen. Um, but I'm not really a great follower of football. But one thing that I would say I have noticed, because you know, like my family are Liverpool fans and stuff. One thing I would have noticed is the mindset of the players seems to differ under Jürgen Klopp, he seems to have a kind of different way of making the players believe in themselves, in, if, if that makes sense, and, like, in terms of, like, they have, a, they seem to have a, 
different kind of belief that's made them kind of that bit more successful but I don't know how true that is or whether that's like a whether that is the case or whether it's just his style just works with theirs but that's what I see I seem to feel that they've got a different set of you know they yeah, they will do. they will do like you have a different environment they can improve the environment they can improve mm. the culture they get different staff in different mentality yeah depends on so if you think of it now football managers have to be people per people persons right yeah. they have to know how to it's in any job you do right you have to you have to know how to manage people yeah how to talk to people how to communicate effectively the days have gone of management now of screaming and calling the player the c-word in the face i think yeah. that's going to motivate them where players are different times have changed mm. right beforehand what like for example i might need a rocket on my ass right <laughs> well you do that to a player now they're going to fold they need the arm around them. They need, really? need to know how to communicate. They need to, yeah. So what I do is I teach players. When players come to me, I teach them and I help managers as well. So I've got a couple of managers, which I help them with and help them with communication skills. Yeah. How people roll. What's that? Pick up on people's needs. So leadership in, how to figure out body language, how to read people's eye patterns, like really, really deep. So go yeah. down the rabbit hole. So you, you know what makes people tick. So the whole point is of it, when I teach people all these skills, which I teach them about other people, they learn how to, it changes themselves. So they're looking for it. They change their physiology, the first place to change. If your confidence is down, your physiology would change. Mm. Change your physiology. Like your language, your internal language changes. Then your external language changes. So I'm like, how do you control the voice in your head? How do you change your belief systems? How do you reframe things? Mm. So how? So what I do is I give them different, as we go along, they get different tools to use. So like, okay, what's happened today? They go into the toolbox and they might need a hammer. Then they mm. might need a spanner. And then you, you pick a different tool out for different, every situation they have that have a different tool. And then that increases com confidence. And there's a word, a saying that we use is competence breeds confidence. So it's yeah. getting the daily habits right and the daily processes right, which will bring up your confidence. And then you protect your confidence at all costs because people are going to want to tear you down. Mm. People are going to want to put you down at, at many times. Definitely. So you need to protect your confidence at all times. Like I give them a diary. I've created a diary for footballers where it's, you put your wins down. Why was it a win? How can you help someone today? What do you need to do? What was good about today? How did you train? So all you're doing is constantly reframing and you're changing perceptions, changing the frame, changing your bodily language, changing your internal language. And what players do is suddenly they're like, things have changed. I feel, I feel different. But all you're doing is giving them the tools that they need, which they've never been taught. No. Like footballers, for example, if things go wrong, football's quite old school. If things go wrong, it's not work smarter, it's work harder. Let's go yeah. on the training pitch and do more training and kill ourselves, which then spirals into the players are then tired. The, the, more, the more tired they have, the more negative thoughts they have, rather than taking them back and going, why do you think this way? Why do you believe that? Why did this happen? How can the manager change his communication skills? How can we just change a subtle change of language makes such a massive difference? You do this 
we need to do that instead of feeling like it's being personal which you need to do this we change that to we which mm. then has a massive different effect so it's like changing again Jurgen Klopp when he comes in he's very emotionally intelligent yeah you can tell that already he's got a massively high self-awareness and that will go on to the players yeah. he looks at so I know Jurgen Klopp will look at the it's called marginal gains so it's the little one percenters that make a massive difference yeah he's got a throwing coach first person in the country to have a throwing coach that makes a small difference what small differences can you put in place if you improve one percent each day or one percent each week the compound effect makes a massive difference and that's that's what he's put in place where people need to learn to work smarter and not harder what people do is they work hard and not smart because mm-hmm. i mean it's true because if you think about it like you wouldn't expect footballers to be that sensitive would you to be to be that sensitive and really you just don't ex- expect that I think I think we have we do have this perception of footballers that it is that thing of what you just said of like they you know if, if something goes wrong they're straight back out on the on the on the training field and they're practicing and you know they're working on stuff and you know they're just just working hard that so you wouldn't expect the emotional obviously there's going to be emotions because you don't want to be seen as a failure and you don't want to be kind of at the you know, lower end of your game but at the same time it is all it is all your minds isn't it it literally is all your minds and all the stuff that you do with them and that as you're saying you know they've got to be that bit more emotionally intelligent and stuff and they've got to have that kind of awareness you wouldn't expect that you just think they just have to go out they just basically just have to go and train you don't see that side of it because it is, it you is. expect them to be robots. Completely, not humans. Yeah, yeah you, you put they're getting it, paid so much money. Completely, and we do it. We do it with all celebrities, don't we? We don't expect them. Why should they be? Why should they be above anything? You know what I mean? Like we, we, we think we have the right to kind of see into their world, and you know, a look at the way that the you know, it's it's very telling for the kind of reaction to the England team. We're horrible to the England team. <laughs> We're horrible to them. Used to be. Like, used to give that now. Yeah, people are making a little bit more effort. I mean, obviously, we had the whole kinds of Rashford thing with after the the match where they kind of lost and the kind of well, that's a whole different issue, obviously, in terms of like race and and equality and and diversity and stuff. But at the same time, like my uncle, I always remember my uncle saying they did they had Granada reports come to do an interview with them because he was he was disgusted at the fact that every time England would go anywhere the country would just be horrible to them and we'd already write them off so how can we expect players to believe in themselves when the people who are supposed to be believing in them don't actually believe in them so that's a massive that must be massively like detrimental to their mindset because how can you believe in yourself because it's like you said self-talk is huge we do it to ourselves on the daily don't we like i've i do i used to do it all the time i'd be saying things like and owen goes to me are you doing that thing again one way you talk nice to yourself because you've just talked really badly to yourself and i'm like yeah because i'm like oh girl you dickhead hmm. oh you absolute knob why did you just do that or why did you just say that and do you also i can't believe you've you know what i mean and we do have that self-talk and once we start talking to ourselves that way then that's it if we can't talk nice to ourselves or we can't be kind to ourselves then how can we expect anybody else to believe in us? Or do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not possible, is it? So how do you overcome things like that? How do you overcome, like, if everybody else has got that negative mindset towards you, like we do to, like, the England, the whole team, how can you, how do you overcome that? 
So that's why you give them the tools to be able to deal with it. So it's like yeah. water for ducks back. Yeah. As I said, listen, people, people are going to offload. You have to remember if someone, it's all a mirror, right? So if someone's offloading you and I'll give you an example. So I, I was in, I was on holiday one time and one of the players that I helped rang me up and he was like, I'm getting abuse. I'm getting abused. How do I deal with it? And I was like, everyone's abusing me i'm like is it everyone or is it just one person because when we get overwhelmed we use we use generalizations right we use everyone nothing nothing's going yeah. right everything's going wrong always depressed always anxious mm. rather than oh i've had a bad day well have you had a bad day or have you had a bad 10 seconds mm. we like we explode it up rather than bringing it back i'm like listen if someone's got a problem with you it's nothing to do with you it's to do with them it's all a mirror yeah. So you've got to let it's all it's all again it's all perception so someone's offloaded on you it's not it's not you it's them mm. they're seeing something's triggering them you're the offload it's not personal towards you we take it personally but it's not yeah so you teach them that it's not personal that person's got a problem <laughs> they've yeah. got some sort of issue they're, they're struggling in some way so to make themselves feel better about themselves what they're doing is offloading on you so yeah. they, and you look at it from that point of view, you're like, oh, right. So it's nothing to do. No, it's nothing to do with you. It's not really personal. And remember, not everyone's going to like you anyway. You can't have everyone. The problem, the problem is, is I could go on all day. It's the ex, you said there about England. It's all mm. about expectations. Footballers have expectations of themselves. And if the biggest problem and the biggest re thing that causes us stress is unmet expectations. Mm. So our unmet expectations will cause anger and frustration expectations of where we perceive to be expectations of how others should behave mm. expectations of what we sh what we should be doing Ex so what you have to do is we live in this created we live in this world that we've created yeah which is all bullshit yeah. it's all bullshit that, that's what i get the players to learn this world is all bullshit your reality is the way you think mm. someone's done this to me they shouldn't have done it well should is that actually true did they Rather than arguing with the reality of it, why don't you just accept it for what it is? That's an unexpectation of that other person. Yeah. You expected them to act a different way than you perceived it should be. It's an unexpectation. Completely. Like footballers deal with, the first things they come to me with is fear of judgment, fear of, fear of how others perceive them, fear of failure, fear of not getting to where they perceive they should be. So I'm like, it's all problems with the way they see the world, basically. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can't, you can't be constantly this. If you think of everything in life, there's always two, two coins or two sides, right? You can't have certainty without uncertainty. Mm. You can't have uncertainty without certainty. They work both. And yeah. certainty, if you think about it, is again, a fallacy. It's a myth. There's no such thing as certainty. We just expect it to be there. There's no such thing. Mm. It's a feeling. It's all bullshit. Yeah. We don't, we, we try and gain certainty constantly, but there's no such thing as certainty. We're trying to get this feeling of certainty constantly. And then we have too much certainty. We're looking for variety and uncertainty. Yeah. So you're constantly trying to get the balance. Uh, footballers, they expect support, constant support without being challenged. But they're going to be challenged, right? Yeah. For example, you're, Jen, my, my partner, who, who is absolutely brilliant, she will give me... If I need to be supported and I'm down, she will support me. If I need to be challenged, she'll challenge me in a really good way. Yeah. You can't have what you have to have both. 
You can't have, and this is what footballers expect again, they constantly to be to have admiration, but you can't have admiration without criticism. It's impossible. Think yeah. of Marcus Rashford. He yeah. does all the good stuff, but he still gets criticized. It's impossible. You can't just be constantly admired. Ronaldo last night, highest goal scores, highest goal scorer in international history, 111 goals. Yeah. Should be admired. No, is he? No, he's getting criticized as well. Well, he he's done it against Ireland. We expect we expect all the good stuff, success. You can't have success without failure. Yeah. And it's, it's all paradoxical because the more we fail, the more successful we are. Yeah, because they're the growth moments, aren't they? In that failure, that's where you kind of have to reassess and they're the growth moments. And like, it's not possible, is it, to, to have exactly. those, so those things? You have to constantly fail mm. to be successful. So the whole world is full of paradoxes. <laughs> it's really weird. When you realise the whole world is full of paradoxes, it's full of, it's, it's all an illusion. Thoughts are an illusion. Controls an illusion. There's no such thing, really. Your mm. thoughts aren't real. We're either leaving, living in, in a perceived future or a perceived past. And I literally just done an Instagram live. And I'm like, listen, if you think about it, if you think about it, the only emotion we can feel is boredom. In the yeah. present moment, if we're going into the future, we feel anxiety, fear, hopelessness. If we're going into the past, we feel stress, tension, guilt. Yeah. But in the present moment, if, when you go, when were you at your happiest? If you ask, when was you at happiest? When I'm with my kids, when my kids were born, when I'm playing football. Oh, it was all when you were completely present and in the moment, was it? <laughs> so what you're trying to, all you're trying to get is people to come back instead of going, remember the, the, how the brain is designed. Is to, it, it's old software. You're, now we feel anxiety and stress and tension. But it's, it's not real. It's the same as when players walk, go to warm up or they go, they're in the, in the tunnel going to warm up and their heart's pumping and they're like, oh my God, I'm really struggling. Basically, what the brain's telling them is they're going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. When the reality is they're completely safe. Mm. The brain, the best test we ever do is, have you ever seen the VR Oculus headsets? No. So they're brilliant. So there's one you can do. You go in a lift, you're in a, 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 you're in a headset. You go in a lift, it'll take you up to the top floor. And you're in a front room, you know, you're completely safe. And you say, walk, walk to the end of the plank. And people can't do it. Really? Because yeah. it, it feels that real. Because it feels the brain, the brain doesn't know what's real or what's not real. It doesn't, it doesn't know the difference. So oh. it thinks you're going to die. That's mad. So you have to try and override it, Yeah. So you have to try and override your brain. It's really hard because we've got, do you know the elephant and the rider? Have you heard of that? No, what's that? So we have the elephant and the rider. So basically, you have the rider who's on top of the elephant. And what we believe, what we believe is that the rider is in control, but we're not. The elephant is your emotions. Yeah. We're emotional creatures. And the, whenever the elephant wants to charge, it will go. Yeah, that's true. So your, your emotions are in control. Hence why you start losing your shit. You'll start shouting. You can't, logically, you know that you need to, but your emotions won't let you. You're already gone. The brain yeah. goes, like what happens is your blood runs from your brain into extremities, into flight or flight mode. Your amygdala is going crazy. The alarms are going off. These chemicals are coming out and you're literally gone. You can't get it back. It's the, the chimp and the professor. Your chimp, your emotion, you've got the professor, which is your logical brain and the chimp which is the chimp runs things. 
yeah. the elephant runs things. We think the professor's in control. We think that the rider's in control, but it's not really. Yeah. Your so, emotions are in control. Yeah. But what you need to do is, if you can train it, which you can over time, so what I get them to do is to train the rider so they can make logical decisions and come back, not get people not to lose their shit. Yeah. To stay calm in chaos when everyone else is losing their shit. Like, for example, you're at, a, you're at an airport, the plane's been cancelled, everyone's screaming at the flight attendants. That ain't going to yeah. change things. No, not The person all. who's in control of their rider the professor brain sits back and goes right before everyone else before everyone else that's their flights and the flight prices go up i'm going to sit there i'm in control and i'm going to book a flight while all these people is losing their shit yeah but it can be trained yeah and it takes time and it's not which which people thinks easy it's not it's yes. very 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 hard so yeah what i teach footballers is to train their rider to train the professor so they can think logically instead of losing their heads when shit goes wrong. And I'm like, listen, shit's going to constantly go wrong. That's life. Yeah. Ex- again, it comes down to unexpectations. We expect things to go right when the only certainty in life, again, is a paradox, is constant uncertainty. Mm. Yeah. The coronavirus hits, your business gets shut down. This happens, yeah. this happens. Shit's going to constantly hit the fan, but we don't expect it to. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, and that's called dislocated expectations. So what I do with footballers is I dislocate their expectations. They expect things to go one way. So I constantly throw things in the way to test them. Yeah. Like I've taken them over, over a field, gone running with a backpack on, and then got in the middle of the field, put boxing gloves on. I'm like, right, fight me. You're going to stand <laughs> there and fight me. You're going to fight. And then when you think it's over, it's not going to be over. Now put the backpack on, put, put that weight thing back on. And now run with it above your head. And I'm like, right, you're going up a hill. It's going to go slightly up the hill, around the corner. The hill's going to win. They go up the hill, they go around the corner, and there's a bigger hill. Yeah. I'm like, it's a test of their heads. How do they deal with adversity? How do they deal? Like, you have to go through adversity to be better. That's what people don't understand. We're trying to, we're trying to protect all these, we're constantly trying to protect people, right? But the only way, the way you get more resilient is to go through adversity. I had this conversation with someone in work yesterday, actually. So mm. her son was at home. Um, she was like, oh, I feel really bad. He's at home on his own. And I was like, why? Mm. She was like, because, because, mm. you know, he's on his own. You know, his, his dad's gone out and he's on his own. And like, and I went, oh, he's 11 though. He's all right. I went, is he frightened on his own? Oh, I might just go and get him and bring him to work. And I went, what? You're going to leave work now and go and pick him up. And bring him here to work because you don't want him in the house on his own because you're worried that he's like. I was like, just leave him. Like he's gonna, mm. he's going to high school. I was like, you're smothering him. You're absolutely smothering him. She's like, no, no, no. I just think I should go and get him. And I was thinking, he's what's he learning from that? Like the, you know, isn't because at the end of the day, we do, we do feel like we've got to kind of make sure our kids are never bored. They're never on their own. Like they, how do they grow resilience, or how do they learn if they, if we're constantly like picking them up and lifting and laying them for everything they do? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, what's wrong with him being in the house on his own? What, what, do, what does it matter that he hasn't had his breakfast yet? Mm. Do you know what I mean? What does it really matter? Mm. Like, it's that whole thing, isn't it? Of like, why, why can't he just be left to like just be? Why does he have to be? It's like we're, we're trying to 
create this reality where everything's perfect for them so they don't suffer. But as you say, they have, they're going to suffer adversity. They're going to go to school. They're going to get kids who don't like them. They're going to get kids who make them feel bad about themselves. They're going to have experiences when they go in high school. And that's like now, that's now. Do you know what I mean? Our kids all started high school this week. They're going to fake. I'm not going to be able to fix all those problems if Owen gets problems in school. You know, my eldest son, he's in year 11. He's not going to be able to fix those problems. He's got to be able to, he's got to, be able to face those issues on his own. And obviously I'll be there to soothe him and support him. But he has to believe, he has to learn resilience now. Yeah, true. And it's an paradox. The more, the less you have, sometimes the more you suffer. Before coronavirus, people would go, oh, I'd love to stay at home and be paid to do nothing. Yeah. Which they got paid to stay at home to do nothing. And hence they suffered more. Yeah. We were all fed up. We were all like, oh, what's going on? They were all climbing the walls. Boredom. So the, the, it's actually the, the less problems you have, the more people were anxious. We're problem-solving creatures. We need constant puzzles. Yeah. We're constantly looking to solve puzzles. So we're, we're looking, but the less puzzles we have with life these days, with entrepreneurism, they're taking the, people are taking the problems away. So for every problem, there's a solution. Yeah. You don't need to figure stuff out, but anxiety is at highest level ever. Depression is at its highest level ever, but we've got more resources than ever before. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It, it's crazy and that as you said about that girl who left the kids again it's a it's all down to perception so i was just talking to someone who felt guilty before before this conversation i was on the phone to someone who felt guilty like, i feel guilty about this i'm like that is you putting your perception onto that other person so she might feel guilty about leaving her kid at home that's her putting her her perception onto the kid going he must be bored he might do this his perception might be I'm so glad she's out. I can do whatever I want to do. I can play my computer games. This <laughs> is great. All, eat all the crap out of the cupboards. Definitely. But all she's doing, guilt is just a perception of how you're feeling projected onto someone else. Most definitely. Internet, by the way, if anyone's listening, I'm in the, in the Cotswolds. The internet's terrible. It takes a week to get a taxi. You can't get any phone reception. It's, it's ridiculous. Just saying. So if you do get any cut out... We apologise, but yeah, so I'll start, I'll start again. Your, guilt is a perception that you put onto other people. Say, for example, one of my mates rings me and goes, Rob, do you want to come for a night out? Yeah. And I say no, right? And I then I'm at home feeling guilty. And I'm like, oh my God, he really wants to go out. And I feel really guilty and I feel really bad, but I just couldn't be bothered. So I'm putting my guilt onto him, but he's really, he might be at home going, do you know what? I really couldn't be asked to go out. I know Rob's going through a hard time, so I've just asked him if he wants to go out. I can't, I'm really glad he couldn't go because now I can sit at home and watch match of the day. Exactly, yeah. And how can you know what someone else is thinking? Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, you're right. It is. I've never thought of it from that perspective of like, we are putting, we are literally just pushing whatever we think onto somebody else because how can we know what they think unless they tell us? How do you know that they're feeling bad about it? They might, they might exactly be that where they go, oh, yeah, that's great. I haven't got to do that now. Do you know what I mean? I can just chill. I haven't really got the money to be out or whatever. I could be, they could be thinking that, but you just think, oh, I feel terrible that I've let them down sort of thing. So it's a, it's a wasted emotion. It's really an amazing wasted emotion. But if you don't know that, if you don't know how all this stuff works, if you don't know the layers of how people work, so I'm like, as I said, we go, we go through, what, what's your, we start off, what's your value system? What drives you? What actually drives you? Your values aren't things like 
integrity, honesty, that, that's, that's not values. Your values are actually, what actually do you do? What does the evidence say? My values are my relationship, helping people, leadership, business, exercise. You'll see it come off of me. You'll see it ooze off of me if you do anything that I do. They're my values. Mm-hmm. I do the things that I value. So I'm like, what actually drives you? What's your values? Like we done one with a player recently. We done the values and stuff. And he realized he don't actually like football anymore. So he, no he's way. just signed a new contract with a new club and he quit. No way. Yeah. So he realized through the stuff that I was teaching him that it was like, I don't want to do football anymore. Don't enjoy it. Wow. So he just quit. So we, we talk about needs. Like how do, what do you need? It's like we talk about relationships. Like it's about matching people's needs. The yeah. needs for the six core human needs, certainty, uncertainty, significance, connection, growth, contribution. So what you're doing is you're putting all this information together and you're learning and then things come at you in slow motion. As you realize, it's all a perception. It's all bullshit. It's all paradoxes. Like what you, what you believe to be true really isn't. Like what do people care? What do people think of me? You're like, well, that's just a prediction. It's just an assumption on my part. Yeah. Your mindset will change. Remember, what's your mindset? It's your belief and assumptions that your behavior conforms towards. If you believe and you have an assu- a belief system or a mindset that people think bad of you, what do people think of you? I'm like, you can't, you can't control that. If you think about it, if you think about what are you actually in control of? People are trying to get control constantly, but yeah. they haven't got any. Again, it's bullshit. Mm. What have you got control over? You haven't got control over your thoughts. You haven't got control over other people, what other people do. The only thing you can really, the only thing you can really control is your perceptions mm. and your actions. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like people on a football pitch, I go through at the start, I'm like, right, what, what, what have we got on a football pitch? What are you in control of? What can you influence? What are you not in control over? So we go through that and I give them a list. Like, what are you not in control of? You're not in control of the pitch. You're not in control of the weather. You're not in control of the other team. You're not in control of this. There's loads of things. What can you influence? You can influence the referee. You can influence your players. You can influence the other team by what you say and stuff like that. But you're not in control of that. What are you in control over? How high you jump, how hard you work, your perceptions. That's it. Focus on that. Yeah. Rather than all the things that you can't control. So we're trying to control the uncontrollables constantly you could literally it's just really pump a load of things out of your head then couldn't you if you just literally just put it down to i am actually only in control of t- a tiny amount of what i put out yeah like, you people think they're in control of their thoughts but they're not your thoughts will come in constantly yeah Fif- about 50 thoughts a minute you have really you're not in control of that you're not in control of that Fifty-five thousand to 80 thoughts per day or well, 55 yeah. 55,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day, which of three quarters of them are negative. That's completely wow. natural. And we have all these people going around going, and this is what pisses me off as well. The guru's going, just think positively. Just think positively. I'm like, you can't just think positively. It's impossible. Yeah. I was going to get onto that with you. Cause I know <laughs> I was going to get up because the whole thing of like, so I met last year, I met a whole group of people and a lot of them mm-hmm. were kind of like, you know good vibes only and that kind of thing and that's great do you know what I mean yeah fill your life with good vibes that's great but I just was thinking well it's not wholly realistic though is it really no I've got no. vibes 
and I was I know it's both sides of the coin. It. And Jenny was like, don't say positive thoughts to him. He'll go mad. And I was like, why? We should have positive thoughts. She was like, oh, no, don't say it to Rob. You'll just get him started. Like, yeah, she's right as well. So, what, so what's your thoughts on that then? Because it's bullshit. Good it's, again, it's, only. it's bullshit. Why? Well, what's, what's bullshit about again, it? It's expectations that are not going to be met. You can't just yeah. have positive only. There's no yeah. such thing. Because the world's full of shit and negative and horrible. You can't just have, fill your space with positive people. You have to have both. Yeah. You can't just have positive thoughts. You have to have negative. Neg- you, you have to have negative thoughts because it's a known fact. If you damage the amygdala, which is in the brain, right, which gives you negative thoughts, people normally die within two weeks. Really? Why is that, Rob? Because you have no fear. Oh, shit, yeah. No fear whatsoever. So, so so you can't have just positive. You have to have negative. It keeps you safe. It stops you crossing the road. Otherwise, you just walk out in front. Of, if you have no fear, you just walk out in front of the road. You can't just have positive. Yeah, if you surround yourself with just positive people, oh, God, it's the same. If you surround yourself with just negative people, that's a fucking nightmare. It's the same on the other side. If you surround yourself with just positive people, you need people to bring you back down as well. Yeah. And balance. You can't just feel yourself... Exactly. It's all about balance, right? So positive thinking, it's a perception which is bullshit. It's, it's rubbish. You can't just think positively. You need to have negative thoughts. Yeah. Negative thoughts keep you safe. Negative thoughts change your perceptions. And people, another one people say, you shouldn't, com- oh, you shouldn't compare yourself with others. Bullshit. Yes, you should. It's completely natural. If I don't compare myself with others, if I get into a fight with Auntie Joshua and I don't compare myself to him, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's game over. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I can take Joshua all day. <laughs> yeah, but people don't think of that. They're like, don't compare yourself with others. Well, you have to. Yeah. You can do it in a positive way. Cristiano Ronaldo's just signed for Man United. Right? If you compare yourself to the best athlete in the world, you win. But you can take, you compare your attributes to him and look at him and go, how hard's he working? Look what he's doing off the pitch. Look yeah. at his leadership skills. Oh my God, I need to level up my game. Yeah. That's positive. Yeah. I suppose Again, it's that the whole negative thing. and the, it's the negative and the positives are always there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that thing of like, I think it's that comparison. I think it's like the, the thing of like comparison when you start comparing, like social media. Like, obviously, if you're comparing, yeah, it's all shit. You're trying to compare yourself to something that's not real. That's not real. So you can't possibly, how can you? How can you what live you think about Kim, it? Like, Kim Kardashian's lifestyle when Kim Kardashian doesn't even live Kim Kardashian's lifestyle? Do you know what I mean? Again, another way to think of social media, I did a post on this yesterday. Social media is an image management tool. Yeah, definitely. That's what it is. It's an image management tool. That's all it is. Yeah. You want people to perceive you in a certain way. Even if you put negative stuff out, yeah. which is your vulnerabilities, you're still doing that to get perception in a positive in a, in a certain way it's an image yeah. management tool yeah everything is done for status when you realize that we're all doing things for status why do i do a, a podcast it's to improve my status why am i writing a book is to improve my authority author authority to improve my status it's all done for status instagram facebook it's a image management tool is to improve your image doesn't matter what you do you put out the best version of yourself to Completely. protect your image why do people check 
Why do people check into certain places? Because it's an image management tool. Just go, I'm here. I'm here with these people. I'm doing this. And recently I got really fucked off and I was like, I just really can't be asked to post anymore. I'm really done because you know what it is. And I'm like, right, but it's going against my values of helping people. Hmm. So I just done a post and I said, I, I was like, this is an, an image management tool. Some people will think I'm great. Some people will think I'm a dick, but that's completely fine. I don't mm. mind that. Mm. Not everyone's going to think I'm great. And I don't want everyone to think I'm great because that, then that, that's what people want. People are like, I do this thing when I do like presentations to uh, corporate groups or like webinars. And like who here wants everyone to like them and everyone's hand goes up. And I'm like, who here doesn't like someone? And everyone's hand goes up. I'm like, so you expect, again, you expect everyone to like you, but you don't like everyone. Yeah. It's not possible to like everyone, I don't think. There's always you don't want everyone someone... to like you. No, there's always going to be someone who's going to rub you up the wrong way or you're going to rub someone up the wrong way because we're all different. If we were all the same, then that would make us all the same, wouldn't it? And then that's not very interesting. You need to be po- you need to be polarising a little bit. Like, I run a company called AstroTuff. I don't want everyone to come to AstroTuff. I want a certain person to come to AstroTuff. Yeah, definitely. When, yeah, that's when true, I do my footballer's mindset, people are like, oh, you swear on your podcast, you're so unprofessional. I'm like, no, I swear on purpose because guess what? Footballers swear. They're young lads. Yeah. They swear. I swear. Yeah, yeah. We're human, right? Second of all, if they don't like me swearing, great. Then they're going to hate working with me. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're getting then, don't they? Do you know what I mean? You can't put something yeah. out there because it's not authentic. I think people see that though. I think that's a massive thing. I think people will listen to things if it's authentic and it's real like why would you be sitting there trying to be something that you're not because obviously if they're going to come and work with you they're not going to get anything from you if you're not your authentic self and I think I think a lot of the time now a lot of people want that authenticity but then there's some people who want that authenticity but they want it packaged a certain way and it's like you can't package authenticity a certain way like you know you are who you are do you know what I mean you can't be like oh well I'm I, I, I don't swear or whatever. Owen says it to me all the time. He's like, well, my nan doesn't swear, but you swear. Mm. So why do you swear? Because mm. your mum doesn't swear. I'm like, oh, my mum does swear. She just doesn't swear in front of you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? She mm. swears in front of me. She doesn't swear in front of you. So it's like, you know, it's like you can't be what people expect you to be when they've already decided what they want you to be. Like, you've just got to be yourself. Yeah, people make a decision like that. Completely. People make... We, the people are like, you shouldn't judge, right? Again, another, you shouldn't judge. I'm like, yes, you should. Yes, you should judge. Yeah. Because we judge people. Yeah. That's completely yeah. natural. We have to judge people. Why? Because years ago, if we didn't, if we were judged, right? If we, we were in little groups, we were in little groups, years that go back thousands and thousands of years, right? Yeah. And if you weren't in the group, you were dead. So you yeah. have to, again, you have to compare yourself to others. You have to judge. We're comple- it's completely natural to judge. And people are like, yeah. oh, I don't judge. I'm like, really? <laughs> Let me give you a scenario. <laughs> you're walking home late at night. Two yeah. scenarios. Scenario one, you're walking home late at night and there's a person with a suit on and holding a briefcase. It's pretty posh. Yeah. Certain two, there's a person, there's a shifty person. It's walking quite fast. He has a hood up. Something shiny in his hands. Do you judge? Do you cross the road? Yes or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're judging then? Yeah. If we said you didn't judge, you either do or you don't. Yeah. It keeps, again, you have to judge. It keeps you safe. Mm. Yeah, actually. So people are like, oh, you, 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 you judge. Yeah. 
people judge. It's just natural. Again, all the bullshit that the gurus tell you, positive, positive only. Don't judge. Don't compare yourself to others. Completely unrealistic expectations. Bullshit. Do you think that's the, 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 like the route to failure then in terms of your perceptions if you are constantly trying to be like positive and like trying to be non-judgmental and stuff like that? Like Again, I try to be non-judgmental. See, the key is in your language. If I was coaching you now, right, and I was listening to you, I'm picking up your language and you said you're trying. Trying means you're not doing it. Yeah, no, defo not. <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, I like I do I, I do actively try like I do try and think about how um like the, I try and like say, okay, well what would my my thing at the moment is rather than judging and saying like what would I do in that situation or what would whoever do in that situation? I'm a Christian, like so it'd be like a lot of people would be like, What would Jesus do? Me, I come from the thing of like what would love do, like what what would love do in this situation? Do you know what I mean? But you can't always do that because is love is, again, lo- is love not an abstract con- construct? What is love? Is, is, what do you mean? Like, is it subjective? So you say what is you say what would love do in this situation? What is love? That's quite abstract. It's a quite an abstract term, right? What is suppose it's what does on, that mean? I suppose that means like that's that's what I suppose if I get what you're saying is right, it's like what that means basically what I deem to be love. Because what I deem mm. to be love might not necessarily be what someone else deems to be love, maybe. Of course. So yeah, of course, it's all down to the meaning you give it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think, yeah, it is. It's difficult because obviously, like I try to encourage like my kids to be positive and stuff like that but then there's there are days that they're not going to be do you know what I mean like you can't be positive like you and know it, I've got an auntie who's really really ill I was in hospital in, in August mm. with my son I was not I wasn't positive in that time thinking oh everything's going to be all right as soon as they told me that it mm. might be neurological I had a pure internal breakdown do you know what I mean because I'm like oh shit do you know what I mean like you I'm not it's not possible I couldn't have gone oh you know like oh this will be all right even though in the back of my mind mm. I'm thinking yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll be all right. We're in the best place. But I still had that mm. moment of, of thinking, we might not be all right here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's completely, completely natural. Same, same thing me. People was like, oh, you're, you're always positive. I'm like, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not, of course I'm not. Yeah, That's, it's that. impossible. I'm, I'm not. Like the way yeah. I do things in my head, right, is I, re- I reframe things. I change things. Like I skew the perception of it. Like, what's yeah. the? So I'm questioning. Like, if you lived in my head for a day, it's a nightmare. So I see things, and I'm like, right, what does that mean? Why am I giving it this meaning? How do I change it? I'm not trying to. I'm trying to change it so to protect myself, to give me, to give me energy. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I don't get down. It doesn't mean like what we do is we try and fight our emotions. For example, anxiety. When people have anxiety, they go, I shouldn't be feeling anxious. And they, they get anxious about feeling anxious and then they fight with it rather than accept it. And then they're spiraling because they're trying to fight with the fact that they're feeling anxious. Mm. Yeah. But when you look at the other terms of it, well, again, we have the positive and negative side, right? We have on the other side, we have happiness and then we have like anxiety, depression. No one argues with happiness. No. Should be feeling happy. Why am I feeling happy? But on the, the negative side, we're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling depressed. Rather than just going, listen, most of us, and again, it's scientifically proven, studies done, if you take a scale of one to 10, 10 is you're really happy, one is you're really low. Most people, what they've done is they, doctors would send, they had thousands of people, 
and then they send out a text and they say, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? What they realized is most people are a seven and it didn't matter what happened to them, they'd break their leg, someone would die. They normally stay at a seven. Yeah. They're normally a seven happy. And obviously some people are genetically predispositioned to be a bit lower or higher. So yeah. most people are a seven, some people might be a four and then they fluctuate up and down here. Some people are seven. Some people are a little bit higher, but what we do is we argue with the way we feel rather than accept it. And I'm like, with footballers, because it, this was originally started about, again, it's, it's the same with real life. I'm like, rather than fighting it, oh, I feel pissed off. Cool, accept it. Because yeah. then you'll come back to a seven. Rather than going, and the whole point of with footballers, I'm like, listen, the whole point of what separates the good footballers to the, at the higher level to people at the lower level, and this is in business, it doesn't matter what it is, mm. they don't get too high, they don't get too low. They don't bounce from the extremes. Yeah, They stay level. You win, you level. You lose, you level. Because what happens is what players do if they lose and they sink back down there, there's another game in two days' time. Okay. They've got to bring themselves back up here. Hard to work. Rather than if they win, they're up here. You've got to stay level. You've got to stay in try and stay in control of your emotions seven yeah stay a seven rather than bouncing up and down but if you do go there go listen listen that's completely fine you're allowed to be there accept it sit in it rather than argue with it yeah because then you're going to be you're going to be worse off you argue you argue with anxiety i shouldn't be anxious you you're going to create more anxiety remember anxiety is you, you it's created it's, it's a created state Depression is created. It's created. Mad Happiness is created. Yeah, it's yeah, it is true. It is true because people just think I have people like with some of the work that I do with some of my students when they're happy, like I've got one student I'm working with at the moment and I, I met with her a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you seem much in a much better frame of mind than you've been in recently. And she was like, I know, I just keep waiting for something to happen. And I went, what do you mean? She's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. I'm like wondering why this is all going so well. I was like, why are you questioning it? Why not just enjoy it? Like, why not just mm. live in this moment and just enjoy what's actually happening? And just be grateful mm. for the fact that you're not feeling as rubbish as you were a few weeks ago. Like, why is that? I know, but you know, it's just, it all seems to be going too well. And I'm like, isn't that good though? Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around the fact that she was like, because she'd be, she hadn't been in a very good state, you know, she'd been in quite a dark place and stuff. But then all of a sudden, she was like overthinking the fact that she was okay. And I was like, this is good. No, this is progress. Like, why are we, why are we questioning it? So is that? Do you think that's quite, you know, is that quite a normal thing as well? That we're never kind of satisfied whether we're happy, yeah, of course. we're just never satisfied. Because we're goal-seeking creatures. We're, we're, we're seeking goals. Yeah. We, we, we seek goals. We have these expectations. Again, it's, again, you achieve something. You're like, I'll be happy when. This is what people say. I'll be yeah. happy when. Yeah. I'll be I'll happy, be when, happy I when I get the car. They get the car. Yeah. No. I'll be happy when happy. I'm in a relationship. Definitely. What happens is that brings a whole new range of problems. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. Yeah. Like, why don't you just? You can choose to be. You can choose to be, be happy, happy now. now. Yeah. It is a state of mind, isn't Rather it? Rather than. 
again, it comes down to your mindset, your belief and assumptions. Yeah. I'll be happy when it's a belief and assumption. That's a belief and assumption. That's your mindset. Yeah. People, my, again, mindset is quite abstract. Like yeah. I don't really like the word mindset because I, even though I call myself the footballer's mindset, people know what it means, but it's so abstract. Yeah. So abstract rather than specific. But I'm like, what is it? It's the way you think and the way you feel. That's what yeah. it is. Tough that's tough. all it is. How do we, it's about changing your perceptions. That's what you, that's because that's the only thing you've really got control over. So how, so obviously there are a lot of people who would like, you mentioned there's something earlier. Is there like a link then between how our mindset is and our physical health? So if we have sort of a negative mindset, does that impact us physically? Yeah, of course. Yeah, massively. That's happened to me recently, right? So again, I've got a lot of, a lot of stress going on. I've yeah. got a lot of things going on. So like mum's terminal, moving to Liverpool, got Got a baby on the way, which is really exciting. But then, then on the, on the other side, I've got us um, in London. My whole work's changing. I've got this worry about money. Mentally, I'm good. Physically, I, for example, shoulder's been hurting. Yeah. Been having, I had a quarter zone in my, in my shoulder. Last, like, um, I got something called alopecia barbe, which is like um, alopecia in the beard. Yeah. That's and and, and before, I lost my hair when I was like 19. And I was like, don't really care then last year i got alopecia on my beard i was like you can take my hair but please don't take my beard <laughs> you've <laughs> done enough <laughs> you've taken enough no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like no i lo- i don't mind i like being having a bald head but my i love having a little bit of stubble like the upside down head look <laughs> so that's physically of course massive link massive link between you have to think think about it. It, it. People don't think about it. If you feel anxious, where do you feel it? You don't feel it in your head. Yeah, you don't. You feel it in your gut. Yeah, a million percent. You feel it. It's, it's, it's called the gut-brain axis. So the gut is the second brain. Yeah. It's the second brain for a reason. You feel it in your gut. You feel nervous. What happens physically? You feel anxiety. You need to go for a shit. You need mm-hmm. to go to the toilet. You yeah. need to constantly go for... You know, Jen said about her anxiety poos and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but the reason is, again, it's natural. Why does it do that? You can't control it. It's it's going back into the past, right? You're in fight or flight mode. Your brain releases your amygdala has been signaled that there's stress or danger. It sends chemicals down into your gut, which then the gut goes right. I need to release all this shit so I can run faster. Yeah. The brain doesn't know you're wearing clothes and it's going to make you slow down. It thinks you're still (laughs) naked. Yeah. So the whole point is if you clear the start, if you clear it, you'll run faster in flight or flight mode. That's why you physically feel like you need to go to the toilet. You physically feel like you need to be sick so you can get away quicker. You're in flight. You need to flee. You might need to flee. You can be quicker if you're not holding all this stuff in your stomach. It needs to expel it quickly. Mad. That's the reason why. But people, yeah, but people don't ever, t- again, they don't tell you the difference. Like, again, your brain, like I spoke to the doctor about this recently. He's done my shoulder. So like really frozen shoulder, bursitis. It's been 
like football injuries and stuff. But recently I haven't been able to sleep on it. It's been an absolute nightmare. It's like, have you got any anything stressful happening? I'd be like, well, believe it or not, there's a few little things. It's like it's scientific, again, scientifically proven that if you're going through stress, you'll feel more physical symptoms in your body. Like it will come up in your body, like your shoulder, etc. Yeah. So yeah. I say everyone's like, you're really positive. My, my stress will come out in physically. Yeah. Like you might have X, like people might have eczema. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Got like rosacea or whatever on there, right there, but it will come out physically. The gut brain axis it releases hormones, which change in your body, which will come out physically. As I said, I'm going through, I can't, I can't stop it. Logically, logically, I know that there's nothing to fear, right? Logically, I know everything will be okay. I'm not in charge. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the elephant's in charge. Yeah, definitely. Constantly releasing danger signals. Logically, I'm, I can process it. But remember, we think we're logical, but we make every decision is an emotional decision. Why do we buy stuff? It's an emotional decision. Why do we definitely. do stuff? It's all to do with emotions, to make us feel good, to make us feel a certain way. But I'm not in charge. Logically, yeah. I can process it. But I'm great emotion emotionally things are happening which again you can't i can't control you can't control it mm. yeah accept it accept that it's going to happen what do you need to do again if you're feeling it again i need to take action when i go to liverpool when things are sorted everything will be fine yeah action beats like they have another saying action beats anxiety if you're feeling anxious normally it's an alarm signal that you need to take some sort of action Something needs yeah. to happen. You need to do something. What's the action I need to take? My action is I need to get my ass up to Liverpool. Yeah. ASAP. That's what yeah. I need to do. That's the action I need to take. When that happens, again, things not in my control, like getting houses and renting, finding the right houses to rent or whatever, that's not in my control. So I'm like, okay, it's not in my control. You're not gonna, I'm not going to fret about it or go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, right, it's not in my control. Like when, mm. what happened will happen, but my body is going in flight or flight mode. Yeah. Which again, I'm not in control of it. As soon as I get up there, everything will be fine. I know that logically. I know that that's my, that's my rider. My elephant. No, it doesn't know. Cause it doesn't know the perception of what's real. What's not real. It doesn't know. Exactly. Same as if you're in a horror movie, you're watching a horror movie. You're completely safe in the house. All the doors are locked. You're completely safe, but you're hiding behind the covers and you're shaking <laughs> and you're screaming. Yeah. Again, you know you're completely safe. The rider knows you're completely safe. That's your logical part of the brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex, that bit, the new bit, which makes us make logical decisions. Yeah. But the other bit, which goes back to prehistoric times, doesn't. No. But again, you can you can tr you can train it. I'm very well. I am very well trained. You won't see me often lose my shit. Yeah, but I've trained it again, so, which again has positives and negatives. Yeah. So how can you kind of cultivate that then? And like, what can you do? What kind of tips can you give to kind of try and maybe kind of you know train your mind to be a bit more kind of open to accepting what is rather than what is not or kind well, of saying is uh, and james probably said this because she's absolutely brilliant at what she like she's brilliant at what she does she's an amazing coach it's like if you argue with reality you lose mm. and, and the other one is don't pick a fight with reality there's only one winner yeah 
But what we do is we constantly argue with reality. Because they we shouldn't have done this. We're trying to shape it, yeah. We're trying to shape we're it. To shape it to fit, we're trying to shape it. We try and shape it to fit our narrative of the world, our perceptions. But it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. So would you say challenging, like challenging it then? And then, because I read this uh, book because of Jen. Um, Loving think, What Is, Byron Katie. Yeah, Yeah, you've read it as well. And like, I, I do tend to kind of try and be like, you know, is that is, is it true what we're thinking and and it is brilliant the way she does kind of frame things of thinking like and we do we do we go no that's true that's that that's the way it is you're always going to go no that's defo true and then you're actually mm. when they go see it no but is it really true though like are you really gonna you know die if you don't get those pair of shoes or whatever do you know what I mean like are you, is it really is it really going to be the end of the world of your life if you don't get those specific shoes or whatever in the sale, you know, it's like, if we're feeling anxiety, sorry, go on, carry on. No, 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 go on. I was going to say, if we're feeling, if we're feeling anxiety, if we're feeling anxiety, it's based in the future, right? Yeah. We're thinking into the future. The whole point, it it can never be true. Yeah. So why is that? Is that because we can, we can sort of like, obviously change our reality by framing it differently. So like we have to you have to question the reality you have to question our perceptions rather than yeah. and like for example for example give me something that you've been stressed about recently or a, a negative thought you've been having or a thought about someone else you'd have to say the name um so i've been stressing about health stuff like i just haven't got any motivation to do anything about it at the moment and it's bit it's pissing you haven't me got off any motivation it. is that yeah. true well, it feels true. It feels true. Yeah. Okay. Is it actually true? Um, probably not. Because I probably could be. I just haven't been very organised to do anything about it, really. Um, so maybe I just need. I, I, I tell you why. I tell you why you don't do it. That this is why we don't do it. Again, it's a perception, the perceived. So we, when something happens like weight loss, uh, if people don't know my journey, I started off as a personal trainer, nutrition, nutritionist, and then I did the mindset coaching and did all this other stuff, right? So what I do is I put all together. It's, it comes down to your perceptions. Mm. Your, perceive, your perceptions, right? So you have to remember, for everything you do, there's a perceived payoff, right? And a perceived... So there's a perceived benefit. Yeah. And there's a... like a perceived like disadvantage to it so we've got mm-hmm. something that we got we got a payoff and a benefit so for example you're like you're you're constantly weighing it up mm. what we do is we do we're constantly weighing it up so it's all down to our possession so you'll go right for, right i'll go for a run and you'll go Ooh, but then do you know what if i go for a run i'm going to be uncomfortable i'm going to be in pain for the next two days so you're, you're talking yourself out and telling yourself a story of the, the perceived benefit. I'm going to be like, I can lose weight. Mm-hmm. I can, I'll feel better. I'll release these endorphins. But you've gone with the, perce- the perception, the negative perception of it's going to hurt. I'm going to be in pain. It's going to take time. I might get wet. It's raining outside. So them, them perceptions equal more than that perception. So you don't do it. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you think of it this way, right, and I tell everyone this time, like when I do Astro Tough, you have to think of what 
good habits and bad habits, right? You think of gratification. So we release release hormones, yeah, when, when we do certain stuff. Mm. Dopamine, serotonin, etc. So you have dopamine, the feel-good hormone, when we have serotonin, the happy hormone. So what we do is release chemicals. If you think about it, the good habits, we have the good habits and the bad habits. Yeah. Bad habits make you feel good instantly. Good habits make you feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Go for like you're gonna go to the you're gonna go to the gym. What's the instant gratification of that? Not much. Eat shit food. What's the instant gratification of that? High. Mm. Makes you feel good temporarily. Procrastination makes you feel good te- temporarily. Smoking makes you feel good temporarily. All the bad habits, right? Give you a quick hit. Go on social media. You have instant gratification. Yeah. Well, all the bad habits, right? And it goes down to the compound effect meditation you don't get an instant hit of gratification on that exercising you don't get an instant gratification journaling cooking healthy food they're not they don't feel good instantly but they build up in the long run for a fucking massive hit of dopamine million percent million percent but but you but we don't think like that we think short term we think what makes us feel good in short term what makes me feel good in short term is staying in bed rather than going for a run yeah what makes me feel good in the short term, but again, paradoxically, it makes you feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's mad. Makes I you feel good, but paradoxically, it makes you feel like shit. And, and another paradox, if you don't suffer now, right, which is if you don't suffer now by suffering through changing your diet, going for a run, you're going to suffer more in the long term. Million percent. So you're going to suffer. So you're going to suffer whatever way. It depends on how you choose to suffer do you want to suffer now which is short-term suffering and in the lot or do you want to suffer in the long run which will be diabetes cancers etc what's stuff what suffering do you want to choose but exactly. we, what we do we, we don't we can't look that far into the future we can't look that far in the future we don't see that far into the future because it's a long way off so we're like nah, i'll stick to the instant gratification thank you the instant <laughs> hits of dopamine. Yeah. yeah i'll take that one it's true, yeah. So you don't think now. You're gonna suffer, you will suffer. Yeah. But I Life know is I'm, constant suffering. I know from like doing it, like even when I'm doing it, I feel great when I'm doing it. Do you know what I mean? And I feel much more alert, much more awake. I get much, much more productive. But then I'll go mm. through these things of like, oh, I can't be asked. And then I'll just eat loads of crap and then I'll just be like, And the other thing is, it doesn't do we sort about values? Yeah. At the start. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not one of your values. No. It's not one of your values. Like, for example, it would become your values. Like, you're, again, I'm going a little bit deeper, right? I know it's a podcast and I'm going really deep and going probably too far in than I could on a deeper level. But your values fill your voids, right? So say, for example, one of my one of my voids was learning about financial stuff. It's now one of my values because, I, because I've been learning more about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really, really enjoy this. It's now become, say, for example, you've had people who hated exercise. Now they've lost loads of weight and now they're doing triathlons. It's now mm. become one of their values. It's come from Definitely. a void. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, it's not one of your values. No. So you don't do it. Your, your values, you don't need to be told to do it. Like I will get up. Like yesterday, I went for a 41-mile bike ride. Like when I'm at home, I'll go, I'll go to the gym. It's one of my values. I value it. 
I value mm. doing it. I don't need to be like coaching this, this podcast. I value teaching people, mm. educating people. I value giving value, helping people. It's one of my values. I don't need to be, I don't need to be paid to do it. I will just do it. Yeah. yeah so definitely. the reason why you don't do it again is you don't, you don't value it. So you need to find something that you do value. So for example, you're like, it comes again, going deeper, it comes into grades of habit. You have different grades of habit. Yeah. People who come to AstroTuff, they, they hated exercise beforehand, but now they love it. Yeah. They, but they didn't hate exercise. They hated the gym. They hated going running on the streets. They yeah. hated going to the gym on their own. But what, they, but what they do love is being in a group with people around them, um, communicating, being in a group, being part of a team, doing fun stuff. They don't see it as exercise. They see it as having fun. See it, yeah. see it as their mates. Part so you need social. to change, right? Grades of habit, we have a grade one habit, feels good, it's good for you, it's good for others, great, good for the greater good. That's what you need to find. At the moment, exercise for you is a grade two habit, which doesn't feel good, mm. but it's good for you, good for others, serves a greater good. So how do you change that class two habit into a class one habit? Mm. That's the question. Yeah. So what I do is I make people, I change their grades of habit. For example, people eat shit at night. That's a grade, grade three habit right? Feels good. You've got grade three habits, eating shit at night, eating chocolate. Feels good. Isn't good for you. Isn't good for others. Doesn't serve the great. It makes you feel guilty. Then you mm. get pissed off with yourself. So if you change that, so like the footballers, they eat shit, right? They do. They're not all complete athletes, but they feel guilty about eating it. So if I then change them, I give them a protein brownie recipe that changed that class of habit into a a grade one habit because it makes them feel good. It's good for them, good for others, the great good. I've just yeah. changed the habit, which is grade three into grade one. Yeah. But again, no one knows this shit. They don't teach people this stuff. If you no. don't know it, how do you apply it? Again, that's a tool, right? You've got habits, which you can't help your habits. Mm. They're, they're triggers. You've got a cue, trigger and behavior. It will come in. You see the clock. It's eight o'clock. I know I'm going to eat shit. <laughs> then you have the behavior mm. so you, if you know about habits you have to make the habit hard you have to improvise a new habit you can't just go cold what people do is try and use willpower which is impossible yeah willpower doesn't work you have to put a better habit in place yeah so for example you want to go for a run in the morning what do you do you get the alarm you put the alarm over the other side of the room so you've got to make it easy for you to do put the alarm the other side of the room you have your training clothes ready to go and and that do you have everything set up for the morning? Because if you make it hard for yourself and you put obstacles in the way, you're going to talk yourself out of doing it. Most definitely. Most definitely. So you've got to make it, e you've got to make it easy for yourself and bad habits you have to make hard. Like I've got a, something called a K-safe. If I don't want to eat shit, you put it in there, you, you put a timer on it and then you can't get anything out until the timer goes off. Yeah. So again... You have to habits like it goes all deep. So like footballers, I'm trying to increase their habits. I'm trying to make their habits better. I'm trying to make their daily habits better. I'm trying to build up that compound effect of concentrating on the process, not the outcome. What most people do is they focus on the outcome, not the process. So we focus on the process, a process daily to get that compound effect. The compound effect is bigger and creates that big change rather than what most people do is they're trying to, they're trying to like weight loss. They expect quick results. 
it's, mm. it's taken it's taken five years to put on five stone but guess what they want to do they want to lose that five stone within a week as quickly yeah. as possible with the least amount of effort mm-hmm. do you know why they want to do that because they're marketed bullshit totally but the expectations are again it comes down to the expectations what's your expectations you want to lose weight you want to lose it quickly rather than you don't want to suffer impossible it's impossible hmm. suffering is inevitable yeah but people don't expect to suffer so it's, it's how like you come it's, through it it's like you said isn't it it's reframing you've got to reframe your perception of suffering you are suffering for the greater good but you're mm-hmm. suffering to gain whereas you're not suffering to suffer which, you're suffering which, to gain. which paradoxically again will make you feel good yeah <laughs> Because either way, you are right. Either way, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because you're going to afterwards feel like shit. And and then you're going to be questioning yourself going, why did you even do that? Why did you eat that last bit of thing that you didn't want? You didn't really need it, but you ate it anyway. And then you're going to just feel bad about Mm -hmm. it. And then obviously you've got the the health Mm -hmm. things that will come from that. So you're going to suffer in the long term as well as suffering from like guilt and self-hatred and all that kind of stuff. But then wouldn't would it not be better to just suffer a little bit of like you know something else and then have the long-term gains of living longer and not having the illnesses and all that kind of stuff so it's reframing the people's expectations is and when it comes down to again mindset your beliefs and assumptions the brain work the brain links things instantly if I tell you a word with pictures and stuff, if I say diet, as soon as you say diet, people think restriction. Yeah. Diet restriction. Diet restriction. I'm going on a diet. What people think is restriction. Mm. So we the word diet to I'm changing my lifestyle. That's a lot yeah. different. It has a different feeling. I'm changing mm-hmm. my lifestyle. I was helping this girl when I was in Bali and we was doing this coaching stuff. She used to be in the US Army. And she's like, I just can't get myself to exercise. Oh, I hate exercise. I'm like, using the US Army. US Army, they're called exercise. If you go out and exercise, you're doing burpees in the mud. No wonder you don't like exercise. Do you know what you're going to yeah. do instead of that? You're going to go have some fun. Change that. The brain link stuff. What we do is we have different, we have different anchors to different things. Mm. Diet is an anchor to a different... So we link things instantly. If you see someone you don't like, your, your whole physiology will change. Mm. That's an anchor. You see a visual image, your whole physiology changes. You see the word diet, your whole physiology changes. You go, oh, 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 oh. no, 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 it's not for me. Yeah. But again, if you don't know that, if no one teaches you that, you're going to constantly use the word diet, which is not very good. It's going to have a negative connotation to you. Yeah. So change the word. What are you going to do? You're going to eat healthy. But that doesn't mean you can't eat that doesn't mean you can't have a takeaway. That doesn't mean you can't do this or that. But again, we go, people want, extre- they do extremes. Rather than go, do you know what? I'm going to be balanced mm. over a longer period of time and get a better result rather than what they do. Weight, like for example, Weight Watchers is designed to keep you on it constantly. It would get you, get you so far because it can't teach you any advanced techniques. And then you'll get to there, you get frustrated, you go back up, you go, I'll go back to what worked last time. I'll go back to Weight Watchers. And you stay on Weight Watchers forever. Mm. It's designed to stay, keep you on it forever. It's designed, like, it's designed to keep you on it. What would be the point of them teaching you? 
they won't make any money. Well, exactly. Yeah, my aim is to get people in, teach them the tools, give them the tools that they need, give them support, give them people who can help them so they, have, they can get on with it for the rest of their life and do what they need to do. It's exactly that, isn't it? It's a lifestyle change. You're changing your life. You're changing the way you live your life and the way you, you think of that, but you're not going to do that unless you actually look at it as a lifestyle change as opposed to them just going on a diet because it does, it does have those words are powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, that's what they have and, and, you know, as mm. soon as you say, as soon as you tell anyone, I did it in work the other day, I was like, oh, I'm back on, back on my diet now, gang. And then as soon as they mm. were like, we're ordering stuff in for lunch, I was like, okay, I'll have pasta. Do you know what I mean? And they mm. were like, you've but brought fruit in. Again, nothing wrong with pasta. No, but I was like, no, but I was like, <laughs> I brought fruit in and I was going to have like my mm. healthy lunch and blah, blah. As soon as they think, I was like, yeah, I've just ordered me a pasta. So do you know what I mean? I was just... That was it. The elephants in charge. Yeah, not completely. completely. <laughs> That's what you have to realize. The elephant is in charge. You think mm. people think they're people think they're logical creatures and they make decisions based on logic, but mm. they don't. They they make decisions based on emotion and then they back up with logic. For example, yeah, oh, I I feel like I feel I think the language it takes. I feel like I need a glass of white wine tonight. Why? Based it up with logic because I've had a really hard week and I deserve it. Logical decision about a hard week and I deserve it. No, emotional decision. You feel like you need a glass of wine, but you've yeah. based that with logic. And then you've created a logical decision. You have mm. You've made an log- emotional decision. You've based that with logic. Yeah, because that's, a, that's, a, that's just a, t- a totally self-soothing action, isn't it? So it is and you're trying to do some sort of emotion by having a glass of wine. Because it makes you feel better instantly. It's the instant gratification again. But in the long term, what's, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer with hangovers. Mm. You're going to suffer with, you could have liver disease if you drink too much. You're going, to suffer, you're going to suffer. Again, it comes down to, so what I teach, again, what I teach footballers is how the brain works so they're ahead of anyone else. How to create conversations, how to lead themselves, how to lead others, how to change the way they think and in turn change the way they feel, how to change this. And then suddenly they go, oh my God, I feel so much better. I've got loads of confidence. Awesome. Go away. Crack on. Yeah. So do you think that's key then for for trying to foster a more kind of balanced mindset, a more kind of positive mindset or whatever, is to kind of try and challenge your thoughts before they kind of become your your reality? Yeah, challenge your thoughts challenge your perceptions or the other thing is like what I do I uh, question me why do you think like that for what reason why do you believe that and I'm like oh yeah I never thought of that because remember you you can't see it you only see it from your perception yeah Jen will come up with ideas for me and I'll be like yeah I didn't didn't think of that one that's brilliant why don't I think of that because I'm only looking at it from my point of view yeah so the best another best way is to kind of get other people people don't put challenge you yeah, and, and if people want to be successful, they don't put it... Uh, right, just to finish off, because I know we're going on for ages. If you want to be successful at anything you need to do, you need to put four things in place. If you don't put these four things in place, you won't be successful. You will fail time after time after time after time. So what you need, one, is a strategy. People lo- try and lose weight, but they don't have a strategy. Let's take weight loss because it's easy and people understand mm-hmm. it. They don't have a strategy. What's their strategy? They're going to get up and go on a diet. Stupid. What are you going to eat? Um, chicken salad. Not gonna have breakfast. We're gonna have lunch. Mm. 
chicken and vegetables or fish and vegetables. That's not a strategy. <laughs> yeah. Like what they if you went into a if you went into a bank and you said I've got a business plan, they go, What's your strategy? I'm just gonna start tomorrow morning. They'd be like, <laughs> fuck off. Get the fuck out. You haven't even come up with a strategy. That's not a strategy, but that's what we do. Yeah. We go, our strategy is we're just gonna fucking wing it and we're gonna restrict <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. And you're laughing because it's exactly what you do. Completely. You just blag yeah. it. Then you blag it and then you go, oh, it didn't work. No, it didn't work for me. Oh, no, dieting doesn't work. Uh, hold on. How long was you on it? Oh, about three, four days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this mindset stuff doesn't work. How long have you been, how long have you been working on your mindset? Oh, three days. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Definitely. Come back to me in 10, 10 years time when you've done it daily. Yeah, literally. It's a lifetime thing. The long Not, thing. That's the other thing. Weight loss. Weight loss, people think I'll do it for 12 weeks and then I'll finish. No, 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 no. There's no finish line ever. Yeah. It's an expectation. You go back to the habits you had before, you end up in the same position. So you need a strategy. Okay. You need support from people like you. You need to be, you need to have support, right? You need to put support in place. You need to be accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, who are oh, you doing a new ha Who knows? Oh, no one in case I fail. Oh, you're fucked then, aren't you? Because yeah. no one's going to see it. Put it out on Facebook. Put, put your pictures on. Put your weight on the Facebook e each week and be accountable. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, then you're fucked then, aren't you? You need, to be, you need to be accountable. What else do you need? You need a coach or a mentor to help you through. Strategy, support, accountability, and a mentor or a coach who can look up, look up over you and see what you're doing. So yes. what you do, what do you do? What do I do in everything that I do? I put them four things in place. Because if you don't do it, you are fucked. And you're going to go around. It's going to feel like, you're going to feel like, and you're going to say it like this, on a merry-go-round. Just mm. going around in circles constantly. Mm. And you'll go around in circles constantly until you have a strategy, support, accountability, and a mentor or a coach. That's why you'll fail, perceived, fail, time after time after time. Yeah. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> I've got to go. Fabulous. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Rob. I think it's interesting. I think we just do need to kind of reframe the way that we think because we do actually think, and it is right. I think that's really it is important for us to remember that, you know, it isn't the rider who's controlling things. It is the elephant. So we need to kind of try and strike that balance between getting a little bit more power in the hands of the rider. And the only way you do that is by training. Training. You have to train it. Well, how do you train it? Again, journaling. How do you train it? Self-help books. How do you train it? Get a coach. How yeah. do you train it? Like, do, like, start putting advice out there. Read advice. Yeah. Start putting the advice out. Yeah. How do you train it? Like, do the work. Question. Get things down on paper rather than living in your head. Mm. But you do that daily, 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 forever. Yeah. Same as if you want to stay fit, you have to keep training. It's the same yeah. thing. It's true. You have your physical fitness, you have your mental fitness. Your, people talk about mental health and there's a stigma about it. You have your physical health, you have your mental health. Your mental health is your perceptions, your thinking. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. That's it. I think you just think, don't you? Like sometimes it is that perception of people think that, and there's a lot of it about now that people think that they've got to be positive, like it's wrong to be 
negative. And I think it's important that we do realize that there is that duality and we have to kind of have that balance and without the negative, I've never, like, obviously I'm, I'm a realist, you know what I mean? So obviously I know that it's important to try and remain positive, but I also know that there are things that are going to make you negative and it's not possible to be. Can can you imagine if it was, if you only had positive people, right? I've got something wrong with me and they go, don't worry, it'd be okay. Don't worry, everything will be fine. I need someone to go, could be bad. You need to go to the doctors. Yeah. If yeah. I had only positive people around for me, I could be fucked. Yeah. So it is about getting your that business, balance. Your business is going to go great. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Your business is going to go fine. I need someone to go, well, what if it goes wrong? Then what? Yeah. And like, what for example, with football clubs, I do something called a pre-mortem, which is what 10 things could go wrong this season? That's not positive. No. But paradoxically, it has positive outcomes. Because when bad happens, <laughs> you have a strategy around, like that could be seen as, perceived as negative. You're going, oh, what could go wrong? But what we do, we go, we, we have do something and then we go, at the end we go, what could we do better next time? Rather than going, what could go wrong before we start? Yeah. I mean, we do it in my job. We have like, we we look at what we do well. And we look at, because like I, I, I have a big role to play in terms of safeguarding and stuff. And we mm. look at what, what goes well. But then we'll sit and we'll have a meeting and we'll pick one of our cases and we'll go, okay, what lessons are we learning from this then? Where instead of, saying, instead of doing that, what do you do? If you did a pre-mortem, which is, remember, a post-mortem, things yeah. have gone wrong. Let's see how they died. If yeah. you do a pre-mortem, pre-mortem is, right, we've got all these kids. What could possibly get what could possibly happen or go wrong? So already, yeah. if this happens, then this happens. If this happens, ready then this happens. It. So you're, you're preempting in a way, aren't you? You're preempting the the the, the, next, the, the thing and you you're prepared for it. Yeah, if I had po- I had positive people with me all the time, they'd be like, oh, it's all gonna go great. No, no, you need the people to go, I'm I'm not positive. I'm not positive. I'm I'm a mixture between both. Yeah. I have my positive and my negative. I'm like, well. Oh, I'm going to go to, like, I've got a play. I'm going to go to Como. Okay, what happens if it goes wrong? That mean, If I was positive, everyone would go, yeah, that would go great. That would go great. Yeah, what, yeah. Happens if, what happens if this happens? Then what? Mm. That, you can't just have people who are like, oh, don't bring any positive, don't bring the negativity into your life. Fuck off. Honestly, no. I've had friends who've, well, they're not friends anymore, which is probably mm. why they're not friends. But I've had friends who literally, will stop speaking to people if they bring any negativity in. And I'm like, what? Or like, how could you do that? They could be just what you need in that moment. But yet they're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to speak to you anymore then because you're bringing me down. You're bringing my vibes down. And it's like, oh, well, rubbish. rubbish. But hopefully that was all right. And hopefully it would give um, people some value and stuff. Definitely. I know I wobble, I know I wobble on a lot. I no, it's go, great. Bah! It's great. No, honestly, it's great. I think it's. I think people need to hear that 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 duality of it because there is that pressure now of people of people feeling pressured that they have to remain positive all the time. But hearing the balance of like, well, actually, no, you don't have to. Then yeah. that's that's what people need. I yeah, think. Of course, you don't. You don't. Again, it's based on bullshit. It's just perceptions. Yeah. All based on bullshit. Right. I'm, I'm going out with my mum and dad for a little meal. So I right, uh, go and enjoy. And I'll I better probably get see you down these ends soon, won't I? I'm sure you, I'm sure you will. Right, have I'm sure you will. time and I will see right, you. Right, see you later, Good seeing you. And you take care, Rob. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Rob, for joining me today. What an absolutely fantastic insight into Rob's thoughts there on how our mindset works, on how we can cultivate a more positive mindset and how we have to have the, the balance of that duality of negative versus positive. I think it's really important for us to remember that, you know, there are those two sides in terms of that balance and we do need to recognize and sit with that. I think it's a good opportunity for us to use those hints and tips that he gave us to drive ourselves forwards and try and cultivate a positive mindset for ourselves. If you want to check out the work that Rob is doing, get yourself over to um, Apple Podcasts and check out The Footballer's Mindset. And also you can check him out on Instagram, which is at the underscore footballers underscore mindset and the work that he does around fitness with at astrotuff underscore fitness. So see if you can put some of those tips into your own life and let's see if we can move forward and continue to journey to our good stuff.